we get started with today's podcast, I would just like to let you fine folks know about 4K Video Downloader. Now, what is 4K Video Downloader? I'll tell you. 4K Video Downloader is a free program that will allow you to download YouTube videos to your computer. Now, if you decide to download this with my referral link in the show notes and decide to upgrade to the premium version for the low price of $15, you will get the benefits of being able to download unlimited playlists, channels, subtitles, and you get no ads and future updates. Click my referral links in the show notes to get started and support this podcast. Welcome back to the Danny the Two podcast. I hope you're all having a great Wednesday because it's Wednesday. I've got a couple of things I want to talk about before I hop into today's subject like a cute little frog because they like to hop into subjects. As you know, you know, you know, you guys understand. I don't have to explain myself. Two things. Number one. What the heck, guys? Not a single person booked Danny Tonics for their birthday party. Last week, they did. They decided to go ahead and do their acapella thing, and they I, I was vulnerable, and I told their little secret about how they're not doing very well financially. They need people to book them at their birthday parties, but nobody booked them for any birthday parties. I even told you, it doesn't even have to be a real birthday party. Like they just need the money. Just pretend it's a birthday party, and just they really need the money. I'm not a single order was placed for Danny Tonics to play at their birthday party. And I'm just really disappointed in you guys. I, I counted on you. And you know what? I'm going to drop a little bomb on you. Uh, there is no Danny Tonics, huh? It was all me the whole time. I was every single member of Danny Tonics. I did all of it. And you all let me down. You thought you were letting them down? No, it was me. So I'm just really mad at you guys. I really hope that you rethink your decision to not book Danny Tonics for your birthday party. And I guess, you know, just from one guy to another, fuck, fuck you. So now that that's out of the way, uh, another more, more serious thing I want to say is thank you guys for the support on Bad Christian 2. Like, holy shit. I didn't check the numbers on that for a week. And, you know, I have a new episode that comes out every week. So I checked the stats for episode 20 and then I, I saw last week's the one before that was bad Christian too. And it is now my most popular episode ever on the entirety of the Danny, the two podcast. And I really don't know how that happened because for a while there, my most popular episode was one that came out early September, which was lateral thinking puzzles with cheap Panda. That is one of, if not my favorite episode, still recommend you guys check that out. If you have not already, and that was my number one episode. And then Bad Christian 1, I came out with that one. And it was actually like my worst performing episode. It did not do incredibly well as far as the number of people who listened to it. But here we are. Bad Christian 2 came out. And I recorded that and posted that thinking, probably not a lot of people are going to listen to this. But I, it's something I really want to talk about anyway. So, I mean, I'm just going to talk about it. And here we are. Now it's my most popular episode. It's got more than double the views of Bad Christian 1. So thanks, guys. I don't really understand how that happened, but I got multiple texts from people like as they finished and as they were listening saying like, bro, this is so funny. This is like one of the funniest episodes you've ever done. And they were just talking about how they were laughing. And I was like, oh, my, it warms my little bitty heart. I just like that. It makes me really happy. 
So I wanted to say thank you to everybody who showed me support for Bad Christian 2. You're motivating me to keep the series going. It's a series I really want to keep going. And I'm glad that people like it, <laughs> even though it took two episodes. People didn't like the first one, but they really liked the second one. So here we are. Let's go ahead and uh, move forward with today's subject, which is... This episode is, of course, brought to us by Psychology Today. Fantastic source. This is the source I tend to go to when I want more informative episodes that will teach people about a new concept instead of like arguing or dissecting the article too much because I trust Psychology Today a lot. Once again, if you're needing like a therapist or something, you can find therapists down here in your area. Highly recommend that, by the way. <laughs> Anybody who thinks they need therapy, go to a session or two, see if it's for you. If it's not, that's fine. But I quite like it. Anyway, let's go ahead and hop into coping mechanisms. I think we all know what we got to do first. Let's go ahead and read the definition of coping mechanisms. Coping mechanisms. Uh, let's see. A coping mechanism is a psychological strategy or adaptation that a person relies on to manage stress. In this context, a mechanism refers to the method or process and coping means dealing with problems or difficulties. So, a coping mechanism is a way to deal with the stress caused by life. Now, this is a stressful time for everybody. As uh, we all know, it's been a stressful year in many, many ways. There are many people very close to me who are very, very stressed right now. Every now and then I get stressed at the moment. I'm doing pretty good at keeping it together. But hey, this episode is going to be about identifying coping mechanisms. This is good. You can recognize coping mechanisms in yourself, recognize coping mechanisms in others. And maybe, just maybe, you'll be able to use this information for good. You'll be able to better know yourself and be able to fix yourself up. And you'll be a better friend with people who are dealing with this level of stress. Let's go ahead and hop into it. This is by Paul Holzik. Again, Psychology Today. Posted in 2012. A little bit old, but hey, the research is probably the same. We'll see. All right. Let's hop on into it. Recognizing our harmful coping mechanisms open the way to greater freedom. That's about what I said. So hopefully this article will help you guys be more free in your day-to-day -day life. The nine steps that form the basis of my approach to mastering stress and living well are at a basic level about identifying and changing harmful habits. The subject of my previous post was take charge. And once an individual has summoned this crucial resolve, one of the first areas to focus on is our habitual coping mechanisms. So according to this guy, coping mechanisms is a little bit step further. It's like a tier two. You guys, if, you, if you're unconfident in, in your ability to be self-aware and understand things, first off, you probably wouldn't have still be listening to this podcast because I uh, probably would have lost you a little while ago. But there's a chance that, you know, this is tier two stuff. This is stuff that you have to think a little bit harder about. This isn't stuff that you can start with. You got to work your way up to this. And I would say it's not like a, I'm better than you kind of a thing where it's like I'm smarter or whatever. But this is something you have to, you have to have a certain level of self-awareness, I think, in order to really, really appreciate what's going on here. Anyway, most of us develop certain habits that act as coping mechanisms and outlets for stress. To beat stress, it is essential to overcome coping mechanisms in order to meet stress directly. You can then become aware of the underlying cause of your stress, whether it's your response to some challenge or perhaps choices you are making 
that are out of alignment with your innermost feelings. This enables you to address issues directly rather than allowing them to fester by avoiding the root cause through some form of distraction, i.e. a coping mechanism. Okay. I'm going to reword that just a little bit. What this is saying is that, you know, it sounds like a coping mechanism might not necessarily be a bad thing inherently because it's helping you cope with whatever you're dealing with. But what this uh, argument is kind of inferring is that coping mechanisms are typically used to distract you instead of dealing with the actual problem. Now, this is really interesting, and I have to choose my words carefully here. That's why I'm talking a little bit more slowly, because some cases, some cases, coping mechanisms, I imagine, are, are, are a better choice than dealing with it directly, because some people are incredibly unprepared for the things that they uh, that they're dealing with. And if they if they don't have like a the self-awareness to be able to figure stuff out, maybe the coping mechanism is the healthiest thing for them to use. Because they're maybe unprepared to deal with it directly. And I, I kind of, I'm not really sure how much I can dive further in this. And I'm also not sure if this is going to dive a little bit deeper in that. I think you guys understand. Hopefully you do. Let's go ahead and move on. A coping mechanism could accurately be looked upon as a type of addiction. Like most habits, coping mechanisms have an addictive quality to them. We feel some degree of compulsion towards them and we experience some level of difficulty in resisting them. We tend to use a coping mechanism as a distraction a crutch that we lean on as a way of avoiding stress. These activities then are no longer true choices that we make, but rather unconscious habits that often prevent us from dealing directly with stress and therefore are harmful to our well-being. Addictions can take many forms, both obvious and subtle. Some are clearly harmful, such as reliance on alcohol, prescription on recreational drugs, gambling, or dysfunctional eating. Almost anything can become an addiction, though, from watching TV to exercise, computer use, work, or even socializing. While these may not immediately appear to be destructive, on a very real level, they encroach on your time, sap your attention, and prevent you from living fully. Even something as natural and enjoyable as sex can become an addiction and exhibit these characteristics. These habits do not generate any true joy, but instead are a source of obsession that constantly needs to be satisfied. Wow, that's like a truth bomb. Damn. This is actually kind of hard to read because, you know, we all have coping mechanisms, including myself. I certainly use certain things to distract myself. Uh, typically, I use like YouTube or Reddit. I use like social media things to distract me from when things get tough. And whenever I get stressed, I find myself opening those apps and watching videos and scrolling down GIFs and pictures and and trying to distract myself. I know some people whose coping mechanisms are much more destructive, like overconsumption of alcohol or eating too much, as they say here. TV is a big one, I think. Computer use, a lot of that is. Some people use work or socializing to just drown themselves in too many other things to think about. Yeah, these are all good examples. This is very real stuff. It's, uh, if you're self-aware, then you've probably got a couple of light bulbs going up saying, uh-oh, this person's calling me out. In speaking with many people who live with serious addictions, I have found the most addictions form gradually over time. After my breakdown, I reviewed my own life and realized that I had many addictions, though I would never have recognized these as addictions or coping mechanisms until I examined my behavior closely. 
Even a supposedly easily identifiable one such as alcohol wasn't an obvious addiction because I wouldn't have qualified as an alcoholic. However, in making an honest assessment, I had to admit that my wife and I were at times drinking a bottle of wine with dinner every night, and that this was fueled largely by our growing anxiety and unhappiness. Other behaviors may have seemed more innocent, but they were still a reaction to my stress levels, my cravings for large bowls of popcorn or multiple packets of cookies at night while watching movies in bed were not conscious choices for normal portions, but rather mindless compulsive eating, where I would consume the snack of the moment, pursuing a temporary escape from the challenges of my life. Later, I was to understand that I had become addicted to the dopamine high of junk food. Now, for me, Danny the Two, back to me here. This is all about me. It's the me podcast. People know this. Uh, people who are close to me in real life probably know this because they probably have seen me do it before. Don't know if I mentioned it too much on the internet. When I get really overwhelmed or really sad, I go to the store and I buy Pringles. And I usually end up eating the whole can. Let me Google that. How many calories are in a can of Pringles. Keep in mind, I eat the whole can. In a whole can of Pringles... Okay, the first thing I see is an eBay listing for deformed Pringles for $200. Let's take a quick break. What the fuck? This guy from Switzerland is selling deformed Pringles for $200. And they are, in fact, deformed. Uh, if anybody wants to buy this, I'll have the link to this eBay in the show notes. <laughs> it's $200. What the fuck? I can't even see when this was posted. People are selling chicken nuggets on here. What? What the fuck? People are selling chicken nuggets. Cheetos shaped like a shrimp for $310. Here's a chicken nugget from McDonald's. It doesn't look unique for $300. What the fuck? What did I just stumble upon? What the fuck is going on here? Here's a limited edition. Only Pringles mac and cheese. Lot of eight for 40 bucks. I should actually buy that one. What the fuck? Guys, we don't need to talk about COVID mechanisms anymore. This is incredibly important. What the fuck am I seeing? See details. What the fuck? What the fuck is going on here? Does it show me when it was posted? <laughs> a brand new, unused, unopened, undamaged items. But it's it's open. You can see the, the, the can of Pringles is open. What the fuck? What? All right. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, let's forget that ever happened. Okay. None of that ever happened. How many calories are in a can of Pringles? Isn't that going to tell me? Original full tub. Come on. 993 calories, it looks like. That's about half of what you're supposed to eat in a day. And I would eat all of that. So, yeah. that's Where was I? <laughs> Pringles are my coping mechanism. Because when I get really overwhelmed, that is what I do. I eat a whole tube of Pringles. That's not healthy. But I also don't do that very often. I like to think maybe that I only do that whenever I genuinely need a distraction to cope with whatever it is that I'm dealing with. So... Uh, yeah, let's forget. I'm, I'm still trying to forget that that ever happened. Uh, let's just move on. 
Oh, man. Mental and emotional patterns that have an addictive quality are equally as important to address, though they may be harder to recognize on our own. This is a key role for an objective wise outsider, whether that be a trusted friend, a family member, doctor, or therapist. Someone both caring and impartial can help bring to light destructive psychological tendencies so that they can be dealt with. Until we are aware of our addictions, we are slaves to them and we will continue to sabotage ourselves and our progress. While in the Menninger Clinic, I became aware of some of my own psychological addictions, such as the way I approached my work and the building of my business or my unhealthy need to care of others more than I care for myself, which resulted in often feeling like a martyr. I also understood that I've been working at a manic pace and an addictive mode, often taking my briefcase home and working late nights in my study, then working on Saturdays and Sundays. It was clear that my behaviors had become excessive. Start by observing where and how you spend your time. Consider the activities you turn to when you are stressed or uncomfortable. Ask yourself if the way you engage in these activities has an addictive or habitual pattern to it, and if you are letting destructive behavior control your life. If you discover certain activities or psychological patterns that are destructive or feel more addictive or like a release than they do joyful, then make it your goal to gradually free yourself from these addictions. In my next blog post, I will discuss my approach to overcoming these coping mechanisms and kicking your bad habits. All right, maybe I'll do a sequel. Maybe we'll do a coping mechanisms too? This opens the way to greater freedom and well-being, enabling you to see the root cause of your stress and make profound changes in your life that are in line with your innermost feelings. All right, that is the end of the article. And once again, if you want to read this article for yourself or purchase some deformed Pringles, you can find those links in the show notes. Chono, 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 chono. Yeah, in the show notes. That's where you can find them. So I want to kind of summarize the end here. Uh, as he said, apparently he's got more articles. This was written in 2012, and I'm assuming that he uh, he's released his sequel where he goes over his tips and tricks on how to avoid coping mechanisms. But he had a really important one right there at the end where he said, find somebody who you trust who is impartial and ask them to help you out. Say, okay, I might get offended here. I might be a little bit awkward, but I want you to tell me if I'm doing things that like, <laughs> seem like I'm doing them in an addictive or harmful pattern. If I can find those, then I can make an effort to shut them down, but it's really hard to be self-aware enough to be able to identify them on your own. So it's really, really helpful to have somebody you trust and somebody who you know will have your best interest in mind. So with that being said, I, uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and close out this episode. Once again, thank you so much for listening to me talk about my dumb shit uh, I guess I can also update. Yeah, my YouTube video has been posted by now. Uh, it's, it's already like a week old. Uh, crazy. But yeah, I mean, I got a good response to that. I got a lot of good comments. I got my boy Peter in the basement left a couple comments. And I'm like, yo, that's my man. That's my man Peter right there. Shout out to Peter who probably doesn't listen to the podcast. If he does. Hi, Peter. How you doing? Send me a text. Ask Ted for my number. You know how it goes. Anyway, let's go ahead and shut things down. I think I'm going to go ahead and take a quick nap. Oh, uh, wait, no, maybe maybe sleeping is a coping mechanism. Oh, shit. I don't know. I'm being a little facetious here, uh, but I'm just going to go ahead and close it out. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. With that being said, that is a wrap.